Buongiorno Bianconeri, welcome back to the All UV Cast channel. All right, so uh, yeah, we got a lot to discuss. Obviously, everybody is hearing the rumblings in the news about the Prisma case and it potentially being reopened or a point penalty coming to Juventus. We're going to take a look at that and all the other news surrounding UV. And of course, we're going to recap the Coppa Italia match between ourselves and Monza and the 2-1 victory and Chiesa, our boy getting the job done for Juve. So we're going to take a look at everything. I got Omar. I got Luca. Luca, good morning. Omar, good afternoon. How are you guys doing? Are you guys ready for uh, all this? Yeah, always. There you go. There you go. There you go. Let's get to some of the comments first. We'll say what's up to uh, everybody in the live chat. And I want to remind everybody, too, that today we have a big announcement coming later on in the show that everybody's going to want to make sure they catch because uh it's going to give you guys a pretty awesome opportunity coming up next week so we'll talk about that dell's coming in here say would you say cases on the level of people like salah mane vinicius uh, son mbappe or would you say he's a stepple this is a great question and we're gonna take that so i'm going to actually just flag it, Dells, and we'll get into it a little bit later on the show, but that's a great one to uh, kick things off. Bob Yogasal, as always, Forza AJC, Forza Juve. Um, we've got uh, everybody kind of getting into that uh, question from uh, Dells, but we'll see. We'll see. Jeremiah, guys, I'll take the win. Fajoli and especially Illing Jr. were good, but we sat back again after the first goal. We'll be punished if we give the same initiative to Atalanta. Well, we'll we'll talk about this game uh, in full and all our thoughts, but uh, I don't know if I necessarily saw it that way, to be honest. Michael Raza saying Juve need to keep the foot on the gas enough, just play out games and hoping to counter. I want to see football be played for it's a Juve. All right, all right. Let's get, uh, let's get into some of the stuff here. We're going to kick things off with the news. Some of the topics, obviously one of the main topics, which of course is going to be this Prisma case, we'll probably dive back in later on on the pod, okay? But uh, as far as injury status goes for the news, we're expecting nobody back now for Atalanta. They said there's the, obviously the possibility that uh, nobody comes back and even Rabio, who's facing a little bit of fatigue, might not apparently be ready for Atalanta. So Quadrado, Quadrado's basically day-to-day. So that's why this is kind of happening. The, he's very, very close. But again, right now, as it seems, it's going to be after that, which would take us to the following weekend against Monza in Syria. Okay, so uh, we knew we were going to play Monza uh, twice this month. The next one is the Syria matchup. So Matt, that might be the one where we get Vlaovic, Quadrado, uh, even Benucci and whatnot all back. We have a good break, a one-week break after this match against Atalanta. But nobody's expected back right now. Um, as far as the big news, we have another rumor. Of course, Juve's linked and whatnot, but so is Tottenham. Apparently, full breakdown for Zaniolo, okay, uh, between he and Roma. No uh, contract extension going to happen, no renewal. We've heard for a while all these reports of other teams, him looking at other teams in Italy, whatnot. Now all of a sudden, Tottenham in the mix. All I'm going to ask you guys a question is, if it is a full breakdown and Juve has a stab, 
do you want them to bring in Zaniolo in the summer? No, too much money. Yeah, even at forty yeah. million now, a, the rumored amount, too much. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, and we can't compete. We can't go into a bidding war with Tottenham or anyone else. We cannot. The Premier League, no way. Well, no. Let's take the money aside. Let's just say he wants UV and his will's kind of feeling it. Would you want him as a player, as a profile at Juventus? I don't think so. I, I was high on him like a year ago, maybe. Uh, but he sort of dipped. I see a lot of uh, fragile mentality in him and not a lot to offer. I mean, even Roma fans are disappointed with him and they were defending him like He's the next Totti or the Rossi, so... But that's just it. The Roma fans never wanted him to go. They never wanted him to go. It's now, all of a sudden, when there's like this total breakdown, oh yeah, he can go, or whatever. His performances, they're not quite there, but I don't necessarily... Like, for me, I'm not sold on just brushing him aside. I actually, and if I look at Juve, one thing I find funny about this Juventus is we had we had a number 10 a true number 10 okay uh for all this time and we went 433 we could never figure out anything around him right now a number 10 a true number 10 would be ideal for this juventus uh because right now we'll get into player profiles performances in this game one up but man i can't help but think if we had a true number 10 again this is the formation set up for but regardless Zaniolo offers you a guy that can play. He's played false nine too, whatever, but he can play anywhere across the top and whatnot. His versatility is good. When he's on, when he's on, he's ridiculous. The reason why he's not on, that could also be what's been going on there, especially now if all of a sudden you're getting a full breakdown. I'm not making excuses for him. I'm not saying anything, but it's funny because Roma fans literally just turned on him when it seems like there's no renewal there. They were telling Juventini who wanted Zaniolo to come, F off, F you, whatever. You can't have him. Like, we love him and everything. I get it why people are not sold on him because of the performances and whatnot. But, and, of course, the injuries and whatnot. But if his will took over and the price was reasonable, I wouldn't probably shy away from it, if I'm being honest. That's just, that's just me. But is it something to chase, go crazy for? I don't think so. No, it's, think not, so. it's not a hard no, like no yeah. way. But mm-hmm. let's not forget he had two ACL injuries yeah. at a very young oh, age. Like it, it should decrease his price mm-hmm. possibly, but it's not a hard no. Yeah. Like if yeah. there's a nice deal there, we can think about it. Yeah, I think so. If it's a good deal or not, I don't know why uh, – why you wouldn't if it's a good deal? Price, if the price gets out of hand, bidding more, like you said, obviously, no, we're not into that and whatnot. But if the will takes over and we can make a decent uh, purchase, why not? Um, 50, Jeremiah would even Jeremiah, go as high as 50 what? million. So I don't think I'd go Man. that high. But um, I, again, I'm not sold on this guy just being all out uh, and done. I think it's been a little. Uh, just a little weird with, for him at Roma. There's been way too much discussion about these renewals and whatnot. And is this the first time you've seen a player take a dip in performances when renewal talk is coming around? Not necessarily. Um, that uh, that can happen quite easily. But anyways, let's get to the big news. Prisma case. Prisma case. So, 
not decided. Apparently, we were supposed to get the decision today if it was going to be reopened. It has not been decided as of yet. Okay. What they are looking for, obviously, are the bans of uh, those uh, board members at the time that were involved, right? And uh, I'm going to pull up uh, the report. Uh, guys have been doing great with uh, the news, but Agnelli, 16 months. Ban is what they're looking for. Paratici, 20 months. Cherubini, 10 months. Um, Arriva Bene, Nedved, and Garimberti, 16 months. Now, it's worth noting that the other clubs involved are only facing a fine. Juventus is also apparently facing a point deduction. Right now, they've said that uh, the prosecutors are aiming for nine-point deduction. Should that point deduction come into play, that would take us down to 28 points and um, essentially nine points out of a top four position. So, um, guys, what are your thoughts here right now with this whole thing? So I just, much I, going I, my head. Yeah. yeah, I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, what, what's the rush? What's, what's to be gained? out of it for the Turin's prosecutor's office. I mean, like remind on, me, it's Omar, ridiculous. You've been following the news. This case was closed down twice, right? This is the third time yeah. it's being appealed. Yeah. What? what? <laughs> Your birds are going nuts. Your birds are back. It's a different one though. Birds. <laughs> what, what I don't comprehend, and this is where like, forget, forget everything else aside, like the, the nine points, forget that for a minute. Why is this coming back a third time? Like, how many times can you beat a dead horse? I don't understand the, the, the focus on this case. We've seen other things with greater stature handle, handled, you know, like properly this, where it's absolutely no effect to the performance of this team at the moment. Like, it doesn't, it's not going to affect us. Why is, it, why is it being pushed and shoved down their throats for a third time? Like, okay, I get it. There was, there was some issues there, some shadiness. Deal with it behind closed doors. Figure it out. Why is it being rushed for the third time, middle of the season? I, I, I don't, like like Tony said this morning, they, they have nothing better to do. Nothing better to do. It uh, is I and always no will answer. be Juventus against the world. I said this, I say this all the time on the show. Dells, yeah. he gets it. It's Juve against the world. These guys have pushed and pushed and pushed. It's already been kicked out twice three times if you count the very initial now <clears throat> they've set a precedent and uh that's got to remain strong the other thing here is uh you know if we get into this figc and protection of its big clubs we spoke yesterday in a pr in pretty decent length about the work the other leagues have to do to catch the Premier League and whatnot and everything like that. You have a situation like this, and it's already been kicked out this many times. The league has got to step in and help. In my, This is my opinion. The bigger clubs in Italy, like the FIGC should be stepping in and, be, and you know, taking a look at this whole thing and saying, okay, we keep hearing about in these little media reports here and there, the parameters to register for Syria. There are literally none unless you are bankrupt. There are no parameters. It's not, they have no salary cap. 
They have no, there, there is nothing. I have asked everybody. Okay. I've asked Mirko Di Natale. I've put out there um, with all of the big dogs. Nobody has responded because I believe nobody actually knows. Like there are, what are these parameters that they talk about? There's never put anything forth. Gravina, the head of FIGC, excuse me, said a month ago that regardless of everything that they were being uh, charged with and faced with, that their uh, registration was never in doubt and not in question, dating back to those years where they started this investigation. So I'm not so sure why all of a sudden it's it's going back into uh, this well and they're looking at point deduction again and they're talking about Syria um, registration when Gravina himself said it has nothing to do with registration. So it's it's crazy to me how it can continue to just go in this circle and they just continue to push and push and push. I have said this many times, and I'm going to leave it at this. Juventus needs full throttle pushback, okay? Full throttle pushback. Um, that's it. This is absolutely ridiculous now. And, uh, again, the basis of this whole thing is um, what you can, what you can't sell a player for. But beyond that, what it really comes down to is the paperwork not lining up apparently and we still have to wait on that final verdict if they are going to reopen this case we're going to keep tabs on this throughout the show as well but I, it's it's ridiculous at this yeah, point if you ask me luca same thing omar yeah we're, we're befuddled because it just it doesn't make any sense we have no answers because there is none no one knows that like the the prosecutor's office haven't commented anything to the media Nothing. to just keep pushing the case yeah. like there are no answers to anyone like al said uh, we asked all the journalists no one had a clear answer no one had any answer at all to why this is keep being discussed it, like i think yeah. lewood brought up in our chat this morning and people have been mentioning it if you look at la liga which i mean how many times have we saw barcelona or madrid in some hole or some issue and they just like sweep it under the rug as if like okay these are these are our top teams we're going to try our best to defend them where is this with with italy everything is backwards here i've seen and, some issues occur that like in italy are just ignored completely and like oh yeah no it, it was clearly our fault but we're not gonna do anything about it but for this it, i i don't understand the 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 focus on trying to you know just fault juventus and the discrepancy with the other clubs. If the other clubs are equally guilty, why are they getting just a fine? Because it's my, so my, 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 Like the discrepancy there is unclear. And then it's even more insulting when, okay, this is a financial issue. Our, our assets or whatever, our expenses, something didn't line up on our balance sheet. I get that. Why is a sporting answer, like a consequence, the answer to this? The last time we were deducted points, guys, it was because we, we did something that benefited us on the field. This yeah. is not benefiting us on the field. So why deduct points? Make it a financial, uh, you know, like t uh, hit on the wrist. Take away a, a, some fine or something. I get that. But points? There's, I will there's say this too. No correlation. Uh, allegations back in 2006 that we were found clear of with no fault. Uh, I just want to be yeah, clear no, on I'm that. I'm not going to go back into, I don't want to. Um, but 
That was a joke. This has, to Luca's point, even less of an effect on the sporting side of things because it literally affects nothing. Again, what are the parameters for registry in Serie A? Currently, nothing. So unless you're bankrupt whatnot, it's literally we're talking about paperwork. And uh, even so, like how could you rule out human error in in when we're just talking about they're talking about falsified documentation but Juve's defense could be hey that person's no longer here um human error does take place calculation errors like it's hilarious to see it go to a sporting level where you're gonna deduct points for this paperwork and this documentation when it has zero bearing on syria has absolutely no bearing Mm -hmm. okay oh you wouldn't have been able to afford those players what are you talking about we've been running in the negatives financially for years beyond that we're talking since like what 2017 everyone everyone by the way not only you and the everyone now but for us we've been running in that negative for like covid made it astronomical but we've been running in the negative since 16 17 um 17 for sure like somewhere if, around there we were it's, it players. has no bearing to faraz's point here too lotito di Laurentiis. i mean even talking about uh taking yeah, from uh, juve's pie in italy and whatnot these guys know the president is being set uh, for something absolutely ridiculous. So it's, it's, it's going to be already been set. It's like yeah, exactly. we've seen the ramifications of uh, eliminating Juve from any competitions, and God knows where Serie A would be without Juve in the past decade, which yeah. happened by its own doing. Like no one is at fault for it except Serie A, the prosecutor's office, and even the. Italy's uh, Minister of Justice said that it's nothing uncommon. All teams do it. It's just a regular practice. But I'm just stunned that it's the specific Turin's prosecutor's office that's after it. I just don't get what's to be gained here for them. Yeah, and like I said, we're going to keep tabs on this. We're going to probably get back into this a little bit later in the show if... Of course, it comes up, but we did have a match yesterday in the Copitalia, and uh, we're going to talk about can, that can one. Can I add, like, just a wrapping thought here? If no, if, if, yeah, go ahead. One, if this doesn't work out a third time, an appeal, and like this just dies, receipts are saved. Like, I don't care what other fans are saying, receipts are saved. Secondly, if they have the time, the patience, and the money to look into this. I want those two points back from Salerno game. That Salernitana game, I want those two points back. So if they deduct nine points, I want two back. So it's minus seven. Screw your minus nine. Idiots. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the live chat seems to be uh, fully on board with us and the same feelings of this constant struggle for uh, Juventus um, with amongst its own in Serie A and whatnot. And, you know it's it's uh it's beyond ridiculous and it's one of the reasons 
I can't help but say, like, it's got to be one of the reasons, main reasons, Agnelli has been looking for a while for an alternative and pushed so hard for Super League and whatnot is because this is what happens in our own backyard. So, yeah. uh, FIGC. Day. 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 Okay. <laughs> now, we had a match yesterday, okay? Copa Italia match against Monza. We saw heavy rotation in the lineup. We're going to tackle this one, and there's a lot to talk about on the flip side of it. We're going to get to uh, the great comment and question out of the gate that we had from um, Dells. And even YFG came, uh, had a great uh, discussion point that we're going to talk about that involves the youngsters. Um, Rovella wasn't fit enough to start that game yesterday for Monza, but uh, he uh, asks a question, kind of makes a point about Rovella and Fajoli and whatnot. So we'll get to that one as well. All right. So the starting lineup that we had was as expected. Okay. So you had uh, Perin in goal. We ended up with Gatti, Rugani, and Danilo as your three center backs. You had McKinney as your right wing back. Miretti. Paredes, Fajoli in the middle, Illing Jr. as your left wing back with Sule supporting Keane up top, okay? We talked about this uh, in full yesterday on the Match A Live as far as lineups go. Um, we all, you know, kind of made sense of it, said it was fine. I don't think anybody had uh, too many issues with it. My biggest thing was separate the guys from that Napoli match and see if this team could light a spark and see what could happen in these young guys. It's Copitalia. Get them the minutes going and whatnot. Um, man, start of this game. Two things I can just say right off the bat that stood out was the energy and the pace and the tempo that these guys were moving the ball in. And a big part of that was definitely Fajoli and Sule mm -hmm. in terms of how quick they were moving the ball. Um Five minutes in, Illing Jr. absolutely roasts his defender there. And his cross was poor. It must be said it was mishandled by the defender. Should have been easily handled. Nonetheless, it falls to Fajoli who volleys this thing. He's going to want it back. Um, he's going to be thinking about that one until Atalanta. But, yep. man, unfortunately, goes wide. Should have buried that one. He knows it too, but a good positive start. And like I said, the energy, the tempo and the pace, everything was great. Eight minutes in and a beautiful team move, okay, involving Paredes, Fajoli, Sule, who then finds McKinney, and McKinney puts in a great header. Keen, my God, his man completely lost him and a great header, my God. Even if Cragno was on that thing, you're never getting to that thing. Keen tucks it in right inside the post when he's got a wide open cage there. 1-0 Juve and a fantastic start. Now, and I want to point out, that was the first time in a long while I saw a goal that happened through team play, movement, yeah. Uh, yeah. good positioning, and not based on just individual brilliance. Mm -hmm. It started literally just ahead of our defense with uh, Paredes. Yeah. And uh, yeah. that quick exchange in tight between Fajoli and Sule, oh. it looks like nothing. And it doesn't look like a big deal. But when you look at the other players, and this is why like, we're going to talk about our midfield, we're going to talk about the young guys, but that play doesn't happen if McKenney's in that center midfield role. That play doesn't happen if Rabio's in that role. That that play doesn't happen if 
these particular guys, they bring something different. And for they us, it's chemistry. all about finding the balance. Chemistry, but they also bring yeah. that, that, they, that, they look like fear, but they're, they're young. They, you know, like they're willing to try these things that the old guys are like, like, you're never going to see uh, a Kadira do a pass like that back in the day. Like it was never happening. It's, this it's flair. Me, we need our flair guys. We need, flair is the yeah. perfect word. You yeah. need, and, you need some flair in there. Sometimes we've been over the past years, we've, can, we can think about it. We can name those midfields that we've seen that are just straight across the board the same type of player and that hurts you hurts you especially in the midfield but great exchange there Juve like I said great energy from the start um 24th minute now everybody's gonna talk about us kind of falling back I didn't really feel like we fell backwards in this game I didn't I didn't feel that way did you guys feel like we all of a sudden were accepting pressure and whatnot I didn't feel that way watching yeah yeah, you I did. felt like it. I, been, yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't like get into our shell like like usual. Like we still got the ball, but I feel like we couldn't hold on to it. Like we were just wasting. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. I put it but, more to certain decisions in possession and whatnot. Yeah. We were starting to be cheap on the ball, but I didn't mm -hmm. feel like we were like okay, we're gonna we're gonna lock things down like we normally do. I think it was a like a consequence of our yeah. poor execution, really on the ball that's how i kind of felt i didn't feel like we planned on okay we're just gonna mm -hmm. sit back yeah i mean con like controlling the play is one thing and you know attacking while controlling the play is the other thing i felt like uh, monza had the upper hand in midfield and they dictated the play and we reacted yep. which is something we normally do i think the possession split was 60 40 for monza at half time and just this is a bit frustrating you know just we can't control them we can hold the ball we have good midfielders it doesn't seem like a player issue more like a tactical issue that just keeps repeating itself game after game but nevertheless it was better than some of the games we've seen this year so in the first half it ended with 55 percent possession for monza so kind of up there but uh Six total attempts for Juve, two uh, shots on target, only two attempts total for Monza uh, in that first half. I felt they were relatively toothless uh, overall. Um, oh, if we look at the whole game as a whole, they finished uh, three attempts on target. Remember uh, remember Anthony's uh, prediction oh, there? Of uh, That's in the first half. Wow. Right? No, that's total. No three way. attempts on target total for Monza, and uh, Anthony called that. Don't let him know, though. But a yeah, big chance is one big chance it created the whole match for Monza. Um, listen, 24-minute set piece. Um, this was frustrating, but, you know, we talk about nobody marking when not you could see. Uh, nobody was on him from the start. It looked like we zoned up on that set piece. That, and that, uh, that, that, yeah, looking at that replay, it wasn't like we were, no one was in the right spot. It just that everyone stood rather than one like following. That was zoning. yeah. It just looked and like just, we literally wanted to yeah. zone up on that yeah. one rather yeah. than uh, get tight in Mamar because nobody was on him tight from the beginning. And mm -hmm. uh, Valotti yeah. finds a spot. Hell of a header, uh, Perin. Oh, a very difficult one uh, to try and get. Uh, doesn't get it. It's one one. Now, Juve still finishes with uh you know some decent uh sequences and whatnot but again 
I was left at halftime uh, because you have the 33rd minute, a counter from us. And again, this is what will tie into my thoughts at halftime, how I was feeling. But you have a counter from us, and Moretti finds Illing Jr. Illing Jr. cuts inside on his man. Now he's on his off foot. But pa- Fajoli is all alone Wide at open. the top of the area yeah. on his strong foot. Mm-hmm. Illing Jr., I was shouting for the pass in before he even cut in. Before he makes that cut, because then he's starting to bring the defenders. He's bringing his man inside, and the the space becomes less and less for Fajoli as they get closer to goal. Illing Jr. ended up making his cut. He tried an off-foot shot. Fajoli was letting him know where he was at and the space that was available to him. And a higher percentage shot probably for Fajoli there, and he's on his strong foot. I'm not going to fault Illing Jr., but it comes down to decisions in the final third. And this is not something that I'm ragging on the young guys with because this is something we've all, like we've seen all yeah, our players all fall time. victim to, and that's in the final third making decisions. And a lot of these decisions make or break uh, potential opportunities, rebounds, uh, shots on target. Like you come out of it with – a rather weak shot that Cradniel always had covered. Who knows what Fajoli might have done? It's a higher percentage, that's for sure, from where he's at. But it's this is just one example of you could take many decisions in that first half. Halftime, for me, that's all it came down to. Outside of Chiesa and Di Maria, in the final third, I think our decision-making suffers tremendously. Illing Jr., not to rag on him because overall, I'll talk about Illing Jr. at the end of the uh, recap, but I'm happy with him. He also fell victim to trying to cross the ball in, like just for the sake of crossing it in yeah. a couple times, and yeah. nobody set up or in position. And we saw Kostic do that against Napoli. We didn't even have anyone in the area at the time, and he's just, he even looked <clears throat> up and rifles it in there. It's like there's nobody there. So, a little bit of structure could go a long way there, but ultimately, for me, I was happy overall in the first half. But I think our decision making needs to ramp up. And outside of Kies and Di Maria, I really see this team suffer when it comes to uh, being cheap on the ball and the decisions they make when it comes into the crucial moments in the final third. How did you guys feel at halftime? Omar, uh, hard to disagree. I think the team looked just a bit, not a bit, just untrained in, you know, counter-attacking. Like when I, when I watch Real Madrid play or Arsenal, like everyone knows where everyone is going and where to run if that guy's on the right and this guy goes on from the left and the guy with the ball knows he's, he have players on both sides and it just looks that organized. And Juve, when they do it, it looks like, you know, it just coincidental like hoping for someone to join so it's something they need to work on and it doesn't look like they are working on it it's not a recent problem it's been a problem for two three years now it's been yeah it's been the case with morata as well and rabio with bad decision making uh, all over but the game overall felt fine like i didn't feel threatened at any time the goal we considered was just Unfortunate. I mean, McKenney was guarding the the near post. 
just missed time, this jumped and missed the ball. It happens. Like it's not the end of the world. If he makes it, then they have absolutely zero, zero. chances all game long. So it wasn't too bad. Just unfortunate. It happens. Like the corner came out of nothing. It was yeah. Yeah. So I went into the second half pretty confident, but also like, ah, I can't believe we're doing it again. Like one time. One time I want us to close a game before halftime and be like, lay back and just relax and not having to check my pulse until the 80th minute till someone does something. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Luca, halftime. Uh, you guys wrapped up the, the attacking aspect of it. And I think my only, my only addition to that is what you said out about Ealing doing basically what Kostic has been doing is, you know, forcing that cross. It's got to make you question whether that's a tactic or a strategy that's been demanded of them because they both do it. They both try to burn their man and then automatically put it in. Doesn't matter how, where, when. We like Kostic has a, a like a left foot on him. We've seen him, you know, put some decent balls, but sometimes, like people are just rag on on him for just throwing it in there. I think it's honestly asked of them. It really seems like it is. I think uh, Illing Jr.'s a little more willing to take on take his, his man, man and go a little uh, yeah, further with two. it and maybe get a shot 100%. off or whatnot. I think Kostic is too quick too to cross quick. more often yeah. than not, if I had to talk yeah, about no, 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 the two no. of them. And I agree 100%. But, um, you know, if yeah, I kind of get what you're saying. I mean, it goes back to everything, really. The decision-making, all this. Yeah. Lack of structure probably in attack. Too yeah. much freedom, like... There's a lot of ways people can look at it or whatnot, but um, it needs to change because this team, it we're just not a high-scoring team. The, but a lot, we take a lot of potential good opportunities away from ourselves. Yeah, yeah we can be. That's the thing. What's we that, can be. We can be. That's the thing. Go back like, to We can have three, four goals each game with chances or just poor passes. It should have been handled differently. Then be. the potential is there. You go be. back two years. Yeah. Go look at the Pirlo season. Like I know this is far back, but I watch that season. I look at whatever, whether it's the all or nothing series or even just highlights. The amount of goals and opportunities that we put in between Ronaldo, Dybala, Morata, Chiesa, it was it was impressive. The high amount of chances was not the issue when Pirlo left. It was the defensive side of things our issue. And you know. Max came in, and yeah, you could say, you could argue he's fixed that, but our attacking, like, volume, not even our, the, the finishing, the volume of chances has just dropped incrementally. Like, it's, it's, that's, that's the, that's the, like, the, the yeah, yeah. Is. We got to keep it rolling. We got to yeah. keep it rolling. Yeah. So I'm going to get to the second half. Um, luckily for us, uh, the second half will be quick to recap because it was pretty drab. I thought the energy level was uh, outside of the 48th minute when Danilo sends Keane free and clear in there on a Great beautiful ball. through ball. Great ball. Um, Keane is going to want that one back. Um, didn't end up finishing that one. Keane did find another goal called back for offside. Rightfully so. Yeah, Rightfully so because some were arguing that the defender – played it and puts him on and whatnot omar doesn't feel so so called off no goal we're gonna get to uh obviously again i said overall the energy i wasn't feeling it uh wasn't quite there matching second half we saw a lot of that in the first half of the season it kind of flipped through the streak where we were stronger in the second half as opposed to the first but nonetheless 
Um, the best chance, period, second half for Monza was a shot from distance from Colpani that uh, still never threatened uh, Penin. And then the 77th minute, after subbing on for a few minutes, Federico Chiesa doing what Federico Chiesa can do. And I will say this because I continue to say this, and you guys are probably like, man, this guy is a broken record with it. But from the left side, he is a different beast altogether. It's I cannot stress that now. I don't care right wing back thing, right wing or whatever. He is a different animal from the left side because when you have him on the right side <clears throat> and you force him to his weak side and you take away that flank that he can run down on his strong foot, you're forcing it into the rest of your team, but he's on his weak foot. He could still do it, and he still will do it, but it's not as effective as when you – if you're going to force him inside on his right foot, you're putting him on his strong foot, and then it doesn't really matter that you're pushing him into your uh, teammates to try and direct him there and more because he's on his strong foot and he's lethal, uh, whether he still cuts you and takes you on, and he's willing to still go left-footed. So that threat is still there. He's a different beast on the left side. That goal was unbelievable. He fought off the challenge, the clear foul. The guy should have got another card for, by the way, um, and the send-off, regardless of what the outcome was. And then the shot, that sound, okay, just boom, hitting that post, going in. um, The celly, everything about it was pure magic. Federico Chiesa doing what we need Federico Chiesa to do spectacular goal um we're gonna wrap things up on that obviously as juve sees it out 2-1 your guys's thoughts on uh just chiesa the goal and the match overall as we get to a ton of topics here the goal was something we we just knew that chiesa can provide that type of goal out of nowhere he was basically stuck on the left you know with a defender in front of him and a few seconds later the ball is inside the net that's Not all the players can do that in the, in this team. Uh, it's just his mentality. The, the way he plays is just phenomenal. There was one instance there that uh, Milik sort of controlled the ball. It was going out of play, and he was signaling Chiesa, just leave it. But Chiesa came bursting, yeah. took the ball, gave it back to him, and then he suddenly played it to Di Maria, and he found himself one-on-one with the goalkeeper. And... Um, I mean, don't let the goal go out. Every other player on the team would have let the ball go out of play and yeah. throw in. Chiesa, no. Chiesa takes it and tries again. That's yeah. the mentality we were lacking for a long time. Yeah. And to that point, if you look at that goal, how many players do you know that go down on that challenge and not keep going? Like, you've got to give it. Like, I'm watching that play. I'm thinking he's going down. And even if he misses, it's the advantage. We get the foul. Puts it in the back of the net. That changes everything. But that was that. That's the difference. His mentality really is uh, a, far and above. Like the only person I could think was a similar uh, fight and desire is Locatelli, and uh, you know, like I don't, I can't think of many others in the last two, three years where we've seen that. So, props to him. I mean, especially after what he's gone through. That's incredible. Yeah. Incredible. That's the difference between days. a lot of players that can separate them. Like you know. Juan Cuadrado, I've said so many times, like when he was at his heyday in Mm -hmm. beating guys 1v1, 
there was still so many times where I'm like yelling at him, like, don't go down there. Yeah. Don't go down there. Look now, at what's ahead of you. That is instinct. That is pure instinct. And just knowing when is that time, that's a part of it too. Yeah. Knowing when the time is to, okay, I'm going to go down so that we get this, whatnot. And when you can have that vision that, okay, this guy's coming, but I'm going to be able to cut him and I'll probably get a strike. Mm-hmm. That's next level stuff. That's next level stuff. That was big from uh, Kiesa. And that, uh, we need that separate. Yeah, that's what separates the great ones from the mediocre ones. Like Messi can go to the ground every time the ball is in his feet. He's getting kicked. He chooses when he chooses to, to keep going. go for exactly. the foul and when to keep going and create another yeah. chat. Good point. That's a very good point. That's it yeah. for the great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Besides that, like you said, Al, it was a very stagnant second half. Um, my only, I mean, my only real, like, look, we played, we played the, the, the second string. This looked like a performance of guys that aren't our first team, which, you know what, it, granted, it's understandable. It wasn't beyond expectation, but it wasn't under expectations. My only gripe with, you know, at the end of the 90 minutes is we had to win this through individual brilliance again. And uh, it's not maybe an insult to the younger guys, but I mean, there's, we had the opportunities. You know, like this game could have been tucked away minutes ago or, you know, at the beginning of the game when, you know, Fajoli misses that, that open net. My, uh, my only frustration is that we should have put this game to bed earlier. And, you know, if this was a month ago and we didn't have kids, uh, it's a different story and we might lose in penalty shots. So, But I don't necessarily feel that way in this one. And the reason is, is like, yeah, it was a great individual effort that gave us the winning goal. But yeah. our team play didn't suffer from structure coaching or anything like that in this one it was literally execution it was literally execution that's my next point uh that we can discuss go for it before the goal like i think a minute or two minutes before the goal um allegri takes out uh who was it i don't remember Uh, landucci Sandro comes in, uh, Fajoli comes out, Di Maria comes in, suddenly there's Danilo, Gatti, Rugani, Sandro, four at the back, three in the middle, Lucatelli has a Metzala and not the Regista, Mm -hmm. he is on the left, Di Maria on the right, Milik in the center, and suddenly it's a 4-3-3, an an intentional 4-3-3. Very much so. So maybe that's the direction we're heading with everyone maybe it was a good time for it we saw that it's effective more effective than having the one shadow striker and one striker there which sort of well, that. My, so yeah. that's my question for we're gonna season, we're gonna get to that for sure we're gonna get to formation and is that what uh, we need to do and whatnot we're definitely gonna get to that uh first real quick man of the match who did everybody have as man of the match everybody in the live Drop your man of the match. Um, and who wants to kick us off on their man of the match? Do you give it to Kiesa for the game winner and breakthrough? Um, I'm going to go Keen. I really liked him yesterday. He was very much in his bubble in the sense that he didn't stand out, but he hustled, got us that first goal, and almost got us a second one. Sure, he was offside, but I think besides him missing that, that opportunity, he was one of the standout players yesterday. Kiesa, I mean, props, beautiful goal, but... I think Keen for the amount of time he was on for what he did. That for me. Animesh agreeing with you, Luca, yeah. and giving it to Moise Keen. Omar, who was your man of the match? We have a shelf for Kiesa. We have a shelf for Danilo as well. Danilo too. Okay. Yeah, I thought about Danilo too. Kiesa, I mean, it's hard for me to choose someone who came off the bench. Yeah, usually, tough choice. 
uh, unless it changed the game completely. I don't know. I, I want to give it to actually the two center backs. I want to give it to Rugani and Gatti. They did Very well. quiet show yesterday, but they yeah, did. Yeah, both of them together. If if they have a quiet night, it means they did means their job, job perfectly. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah, so why not give why not give him a shout out? Even McKinney was fine. He got yes. out of press a lot. He had one assist. He dribbled uh, out, out of out of uh, press. Not once, not twice. He, he did have a solid outing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Man of the match for me, I had it. Uh, I had Danilo in there. I had Keane in there. And of course, I had Kiesa just for deciding it, um, regardless of coming off uh, the bench and whatnot. Um, but if I probably overall have to go to it, I probably am going to give it to, uh, I'd say, Danilo for me. Um, yeah, somebody deal. at uh, the back. We were never threatened. I was never worried. Uh, we had a zone coverage uh, issue on a corner. Otherwise, they really had absolutely nothing. Um, so I give it to uh, that Michael Rasso throwing it at uh, Landucci. Yeah, so he, he had a he did his job. And I mean, I, you don't have he doesn't have Allegri in his ear. So those subs, I guess. You could say they're pre-planned, but you can never plan <clears throat> that much. You don't know how the game. Shout out to Danilo. He's been in eighty percent of the man of the match discussions mm -hmm. this season. Yeah. Damn, he's been consistent. This is what I try to preach mm -hmm. uh, week in, week out because the guy has a lot of haters. Obviously, he's close to a two-year extension. Everybody, his contract, his current contract runs out in twenty twenty-four. That'll take him to 2026, all right? But Danilo has been uh, fantastic. Um, a true embodiment of everything we want at Juve. And uh, one of the comments when we were praising Chiesa, having that instinct, that desire, that drive, and being on another level, one of the comments was, only Chiesa and Danilo have that currently. Obviously, that's debatable if you want to throw maybe one or two others in there, but... It, no doubt these guys uh, are at the top. And uh, Chiesa getting that uh, first goal back. Love it. Love it. Let's get to the young players' performances in this one, okay? Ooh. We're going to talk Gatti, Illing Jr., Sule, and Meretti. Who wants to kick us off on their thoughts? And, again, we have so much to tackle. We want to get uh, kind of brief on these. But who wants to kick us off on their thoughts on these particular players and their performances yesterday yeah why not i i always i already talked about gatti i think i had a solid outing uh fajoli quietly did his job and almost got a goal unfortunate could have gotten another feeling had passed it to him miretti seems a bit uh, lost a bit of confidence maybe uh, i know he seems more stressed in his decision making uh, he was more like fluent uh, when he started playing Ealing yeah. was great and uh, nothing too flashy but did create a couple of chances and sule sule was the one i was most impressed with and uh, when these guys played together the what I felt was it looked like these guys have played together for a while, which they did. That's what we want from our Primavera, Next Gen, U23. Uh, we want these guys to come together to the senior team and look like they play together just like other teams do. 
And that's what we got yesterday. There was a quick exchanges you you mentioned now. It looked like something, you know, players who know each other, know who makes which run and how to play fast. That's that comes with chemistry, which they brought in from the next gen where they all play together. Yeah. So that's my analysis. And we're gonna get to Lucas, then mine. This is the this is the number one reason. Number one, I'm old. Okay, YFG. Number two, 24 years old is young. 24 years old is still young. Sure, he's not 19. But for a center back, that's basically 19 for a center 24 back. for a center back is pretty that's, damn I'm, young. Guess, that's pretty I'm damn young. Just to put it in perspective, so, I'm here. Luca, your thought on the youngsters. Anything to add amongst what uh, Omar was saying? Um, I, I, I'm going to start with Gatti because I really think, again, we're on this topic. I think we've seen him only in a three-man back. And... He is not bad on the ball. I feel like he's not obviously Bonucci. He doesn't have that 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 I think uh, depth in his play. But I'm curious to see him uh, wh- how he would work out in a two man uh, center back position. But I like him in that in that right in that right role. I feel people you know hate on him, and he you have to remember this is his first year in City A on the big stage, really making that leap. And if we're gonna stay with a three man back. I think he's got that potential to go up. He's not terrible. Like he made one dash at one point, which wasn't, you know, it wasn't incredible, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't terrible either. I feel uh, in Italy, especially, we put so much pressure on center backs to be the next, you know, BBC, but that ain't happening anymore. So I think we need to take him with a grain of salt. And I didn't see any issues from Gatti. So I'm glad that, you know, he had a good showing and that's more and, and there's nothing more to you know comment because there was no okay. negatives uh fagioli did his job i think he should be in our starting lineup 100 percent next to locatelli uh Ealing, again great pace maybe a little bit more time to work on that decision making like you said al uh, i still think there's a lot of potential there uh miretti i really think he's taking a, a bit of a, a fall he's not i think he's too good to be with the youth but he's not quite there to be starting with us yet. I feel he, like he's, he's like Omar said, his confidence is there. He'll go into a challenge and instead of being smooth about it, he's clumsy and he loses the ball very easily. Saw that a few times yesterday and it worried me because he, we saw better from him. Sule for me, hands down, best of the best yesterday. It was, honestly, I'll admit it. It was like watching Dybala in, his, in one of his best days because Sule was coming back, picking up the ball, he was breaking the line going forward. He was connecting with Keane. He was going to the wing. I saw great things from him. And I honestly, that's, that has to be his position from now on. I don't want to see him anywhere else. He offers so much there. And it's great because if, you know, if, if we're going to play Di Maria in that role, we have now a natural substitute for him. And I think it's very similar in what they provide. So I, I, I honestly was very impressed by Sule yesterday. All right. All right, that's good stuff. I'm kind of along the same lines um, there. So for me, Gatti, I have absolutely zero issues other than I think he needs to uh, have more work on the press and handling that. His uh, passes out from that pretty inaccurate, but there's overall much more good and positives out of his game than there is negatives. That's the only thing I really don't feel 100% comfortable with uh, when he's on it being pressured at the back. Sometimes it does come down to decisions. He's got some other plays that could be made. He's keeping it safe. He's keeping it simple, though, which is good. But sometimes 
it's just that execution because his clearances are pretty soft sometimes. And yesterday he was putting it to a guy that had acres of space ahead of him that has other issues that I see in it. But Gatti overall, really good. I like it. Just needs to work on that playing out through pressure. Um, Illing Jr., he needs more minutes, in my opinion. Um, number one, to give Kostic breaks and whatnot, but he is probably right there with Kostic, if I'm being serious about watching the two play. I don't think there's a drop-off there whatsoever uh, from what I've seen out of Illing Jr. so far, and it's not that big a size, but I just in my own personal feelings, I don't think there's uh, any fear there to play him uh, against strong opponents or whatnot. That's how I feel about Illing Jr. Sule, um, for me, Sule, he has to play in that particular role. And it's going to be hard for him with the other guys coming back yeah. to get minutes. Um, because he is... He's just going to be down there on the pecking order. But I have no problem splitting up Chiesa and Di Maria and bringing one of those guys second half. Obviously, I'd probably choose Di Maria to bring in on a second half to allow Sule more minutes here and there and a starting role, especially if we're going to switch to a 4-3-3 and play him out on a wing. But he has to be advanced. He's kind of in that same uh, rut if we play him as a wing back where you're not getting the best of his capabilities. Yeah. Um, but Sule is a very skilled technical player um, that has high potential. We've got to use him correctly. Um, Miretti. Miretti, I, I didn't have a big problem with him, but I thought it was a little, little off. And I think Miretti's maybe been a little bit off for a while. Um the flip between Fagioli and Miretti, um, and it's funny because at the start of the year, Miretti was looking really, really good. Like, really, really good. And if you told me at the start of the season where we are now, he would only have, like, one assist, I would have said, no way. He's going to have more contributions there. That hasn't been falling, okay? But... The start of the year, I was always saying Fajoli's already had that role with Cremonese. He's had those minutes. He's like, if anybody's going to get the minutes and needs to be loaned out, I would go Miretti. Everybody fought me on it. Everybody was saying, no, Miretti this, Miretti that. Now here we are later in the season. I kind of think it's flipped. And maybe Miretti might benefit. It's not really pulling through for him. But I'm not worried about him because he's 19 years old. Um, and I still think overall I see a lot of good things out of him. But I think there has been a bit of a dip there. Maybe it is those contributions not coming for him. But um, I do think there's some work there that uh, need to be done. But again, he's a young guy. I'm not worried about overall. Fajoli, for me, he brings what we need in the middle of the pitch. Based on all the other guys available and what they bring, you need him in your midfield. You absolutely need him. And the nice thing about Miretti is that he can be one of those players as if well. Obviously, yeah. when Pogba comes back into the fold, you know, fingers mm -hmm. crossed, eventually here, that changes things drastically. Now we get to 4 3 3. 4 wait. 3 3. Wait, Omar's got something. Wait, I have the two notes, quick notes. 
One, uh, Rabio didn't play yesterday. The news came out. He had a bit of a discomfort in his rectus femoris. So he's also questionable for Sunday's game. We'll keep you updated through our news. And the second one, before we progress any further, that Di Maria chance, because everyone is talking about it and asking, do you like it or yeah, do you not? Yeah, so just... Yeah. Quick reaction from you guys. What do you think? For I me, like, it's just know? like I laughed because how little do you trust your off foot that you're going to try a Rabona there to get that goal? I just laughed uh, because I'm like, man, that guy's got zero faith before, in though. his off foot. Because uh, for me, if I'm playing and I have that chance, I take it with my off foot. Um, and who knows where it's going to go? I don't even know where it's going to go when I hit that, it with my off foot. You but do you got it. You're breaking a hip 100%. Like I watched it. Well, like, it, it, was, just, it ain't happening. Well, it was on target. It was on target. Yeah, you gotta get. I, I've seen him score like that. So, yeah. Personally, if he would have buried it, it would have been something yeah, else. Exactly. Uh, like it's, it's, but it's, yeah, uh, that, that's the thing. That if he scores it, it's not like a Bonucci running out defense and shooting a ball from forty yards out, and yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah, but, uh, that goes in. It's crazy, but yeah, it won't go in. How many times did that work for you? But about it. He doesn't. Yeah, I don't. I didn't mind it. You want to bury the game? I get it. But at this point, it was I think the ninety-second minute. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, like, if I was, you're gonna uh, I was laughing that, about it when it went down. But yeah, four three three. We got to get to the yeah. four three three because everybody's talking about it. Uh, Please do for me. Here's the thing. I'll be real simple with it. I have no problems in seeing it. We should at least entertain it. Um, but I can't help but shake the fears that we lose balance, even with uh, all these uh, players coming back healthy. That I can't shake that feeling of what I saw earlier on in the season when you have a team that doesn't have a set structure offensively. Yes, you've got talented guys. They're going to be in more natural roles. But our fullback is weak. Our fullbacks is, I think, going to be an issue. If we were going to be 4-3-3 and trying that out, I would go with Danilo on the left side and Cuadrado on the right side. Um, as a fullbacks, if we were going to even think about it and try it. What does this do for your center backs? Well, Bremer's going to be in there, no doubt. And then you've got your option between Gatti, Rugani, and Banucci. And uh, we've only seen Gatti in that three center back setup. I'm not worried about him going in a two-man pairing. However, he's still being integrated in. Mm -hmm. Rugani has been reliable. Are you comfortable with Bremer and Rugani um, being your two center backs in big games, clutch moments? Hey, there's no harm in trying. And I'm all for trying it just so that we could see it once we have all our guys. If if the plan is to get all our best players now that they're here out there and do it, let's see it. But if we start to suffer and we lose balance of play, I'm going to go back to wanting what's better for the overall group as opposed to some individuals i said if we were sticking with the 352 something's going to be sacrificed and you're probably not going to be able to play your the the vlaovic di maria chiesa thing is going to have to go and one of them's going to have to get sacrificed i know who i would sacrifice and i said it earlier i go di maria off the bench but what do you guys think 433 yeah so I think it's better. Dude. <laughs> oh, come on. Wait. No, no, no. Don't do it. Don't do it, please. 
Okay, good. Okay, okay. We don't need that. Um, no, I, I just closed the window. Okay, good. Um, what else saying is right, like uh, the problem with the fullbacks is a big problem for 4-3-3, but I still would like to try it because the 3-5-2 creates issues. It, it solves issues, but it also creates issues. The main one is the distance between our guys, and when they're so far, far apart from each other, uh, we saw it against Napoli. Napoli play very close to each other, but when we're too far, when they take the ball, they have like tens of yards to run uh, forward. Then uh, when we try to get out of press, everyone is too far and it ends up just kicking it upfield and hoping Milik or Vlahovic will just take care of it and hold it long enough. So our players are running a lot more than actually, you know, staying close to each other. The 4 3 3 kind of solves it. Even when we want to press, then it's not like only Milik is pressing and the rest are just behind the halfway line. Suddenly you have three guys pressing and three guys supporting, and you can push further when you have 4 3 3. I think it's more suitable to the characters of the players we have now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, back when it worked perfectly, you had Dibala, Mandzukic, Morata. So three guys up front, it works. One striker, one shadow striker, it works. Right now, with the players we have, and we saw Chiesa on the left, and we know Di Maria is better out on the right, and we still have Ealing and Kostic and Sule, yeah. and we have guys to occupy those positions. A 3-5-2 is sometimes it works. We saw against Napoli that when a team presses high, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And we, and we, just, we were under constant pressure for the entire game. So I would like to try 4-3-3, especially with everyone coming back. Um, but let's wait and see when they come back. And Atalanta is a good chance to test it because they do play in 3-5-2 or 3-4-3. Good way to test it. Yeah. Um, so might as well say it. We've got Lazio next up in Coppa Italia after uh, getting by uh, Monza. Last time we faced Lazio was one of our better matches um, in quite some time. So uh, the feeling should be good going into that one. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. We should have a lot of bodies back for that one as well. The immediate future, obviously, like you mentioned, we're going to be facing Atalanta. Atalanta has uh, potted 13 goals in their last two games uh so they're firing right now um obviously uh you know uh, one being against salernitana the other being against spezia but nonetheless they're scoring goals and they're feeling it coming into this game we're on the flip side which is uh getting a result uh squeaking through even against monza whatnot we're not a high scoring team we played napoli who scores goals and uh that's going to be on our guys minds no doubt because now you're playing another team that is pretty strong offensively. So again, it's going to be one of those questions. What gives that's going to be a big one on this weekend. And uh, again, there's a lot of news surfacing around uh, Juve. We're going to keep tabs on uh, the investigation. We're going to keep tabs on everything, but uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one against Atalanta. We are going to do a match day live. I am going to do a live watch along, and then we're going to do the podcast on Monday for this big game against Atalanta. Now we're going to get to storm the barn. Okay. And uh, real quick, you guys were a little nervous about, uh, you know, Monza and whatnot. Well, how do you feel about going into uh, the Atalanta match now on the weekend? 
Even more nervous. Yeah. <laughs> Even more I mean, nervous. Yeah, I said it yesterday. Atalanta in a one-off game, like you catch them on just a regular match in Serie A, and they can be like the best team in the league yeah. for one game. They can maintain game. it. Usually that game, you know, sometimes it's against us, sometimes it isn't. We've beaten them in the Coppa Italia final when they didn't look like themselves at all. Mm. But they do have a system that works, obviously. And if it works against us, if Allegri doesn't do his homework and just hopes everything ticks like it did against Napoli, which it didn't, then we, I am stressed. Huh. But their um, defense is weaker than Napoli's yeah, so... and they do concede a lot of goals too, so we need to take our chances. Yeah. Uh, this is going to go back to the formation talk that you, you brought up, Al. For me, the 4-3-3 almost now feels necessary because going into Atalanta, which is a high-scoring team, albeit, like you said, it's two teams that are a little bit lower in the standings, they're, they're in hot form right now. They're putting you know, a lot in the, in the opponent's net. I don't think the 3-5-2 will stop that, and we saw that with Napoli. So with me, besides maybe our left-back position or our right-back, whichever it is that Danilo doesn't play in, that's the only weakness I see in a 4-3-3 right now. I'd rather we take the game to them than rather and rather than sit back in a 3-4-1-1 and you know hope that they don't they don't score because I, I don't I don't have faith in it anymore like before the Napoli beat down I had faith now we saw just how weak we could be in that formation defensively will Max do that I don't think so I think he's still going to be stubborn and put the three man back but I I think the 4-3-3 is probably the best of, against Atalanta because they already deploy a, a similar formation so we got to go with something opposite you can't go like for like and expect something yeah different. i think i haven't lost faith necessarily in that napoli performance because of just how bad everything was um like i was saying if we had you know a decent showing and like still got just worked it'd be different but the fact that you know Bremer had an absolute shocker, which is an anomaly from what we've seen uh, just in his time here. And even last year, I mean, the guy won Serie A, defender of the season, whatnot. He's, uh, that's an anomaly, like to see him at that uh, poor of a performance. Then you factor in the fact that we just didn't even pressure them whatsoever. Uh, no press. Uh, we started to see what was going to work good in the end of the first half and then just didn't even bother to do it. I think, we failed from a coaching level, from a player execution level, from a just a base game plan level against Napoli. Like we just got everything wrong. So I haven't necessarily lost faith. I just think that was uh, it should have served as an eye opener. And maybe the fact that even in that game, you started to see a shift formation wise. Now with guys getting healthy, we may not have anybody come back for this Atalanta thing, but Chiesa is ready to start. Right. And right. maybe just maybe we come out against Atalanta and say, you know what, we're going to try and fight a little fire with fire and we're going to set ourselves up with our best guys in our in their best natural positions and just see and just see. So yeah. it'll be interesting. But uh, yeah, he's got some decisions to make. Everybody, 
Now's the chance for Storm the Barn. Get your Storm the Barn questions. Everything that was put higher up, we're going to tackle right now. I'm going to remind you all, please like the video. If you're new to the channel, subscribe to the channel, okay? And we do have a big announcement. Big, big announcement. What is it, Bert? I'm not going to make it right yet. So stick around a little bit longer, a little bit longer. We're not done here. Now, Dells, would you say Chiesa is on the level of players like Salah, Mane, Vinicius, Son, Mbappe? Or step below. A Man United fan told him that they're all clear. And he's curious to know what Juventini think. So, who wants to tackle this one first? Go ahead. Yeah, so I, I think we should pump the brakes a bit. Because, like, these guys mentioned here, except maybe for Vinicius, has been yeah. doing it for a long time. And consistency is the name of the game here like son is 29 salah is 30 money is 31 mbappe is 22 23 but he's been doing it since he's 18. Yeah, take, take mbappe out of that conversation yeah those guys have been like in their prime for a long time Chiesa is still fairly young he's been injured for a year he's been with juve for two years one of them was not so successful like you know number wise and before that, Fiorentina prospect, but not, you know, considered as one of the best in the world. So let's give him time. He can be like these guys and better, but he has a few more years to prove that he's up there for a long time. But talent-wise, yeah, he can be any one of those guys. Yeah, I think that's uh, summed up pretty good. I'll probably add a couple things. Uh, Luca, what do you got? Uh, you th I think you can have this conversation right now i mean the guy yeah he banged in a beautiful goal but this is like his just the start of his return he's been gone a full year um if you look at him let's say post euro in that prime moment you know yeah he was arguably in that conversation and getting there but he's still young i mean to put him in the same likes of mbappe that's i'm not like i'm not i'm not gonna make that comparison just yet i think it's it's too much pressure on the kid too much now especially after an injury you take the injury out of the conversation, I think he could have had a great year or he could have had a terrible year. We don't know. Um, but, you know, like, like Omar said, it's consistency. And he's just, he's coming back now. We can't have that conversation just yet. If yeah. he keeps this up, then we could start. But right now, it's too damn early. For me, Mbappe, obviously, clear of all of them. I just yeah. wipe him off the mm -hmm. slate. Vinicius, I'd also put uh, right now above um, Chiesa. Son, Mane, and Salah, well, Salah was like a 12-goal scorer in Syria. He went to Prem, and all of a sudden it blew up in like, yeah, a Liverpool side that too, went, so. went off and went crazy. But Son even put into Chiesa, Mane put into Chiesa. I mean, I don't know. Like, if you think about those teams that those guys were on and, like, you know, Salah and Mane particularly, like, I'm not so sure Chiesa's that far behind maybe some of those guys. He could definitely surpass them. Mbappe is a freak. That's a freak. So, yeah, you can't um, the same conversation. Yeah, but uh, it is too early to really talk about this with Chiesa, but make no mistake about it. As far as game breakers go, you can put him in the mix of game breakers worldwide in football because Chiesa is already that and a game breaker. Is it going to be when those guys – and even Son, like Son – he kicked off and had, uh, you know, just 
recently had come up and uh, gotten big and whatnot. But like Chiesa's got a higher ceiling, I think, than uh, Son. If uh, we're being serious, let's wrap this up by saying this is a United fan who told you that they're all. Crazy. Yeah, so yeah. That, so that kind of just tells you. Yeah, but, he was uh, a step that. below, a whole step below, maybe no, just because of consistency and whatnot. But yeah. like, I mean, That's in all honesty, guys. he's he's a game breaker. Uh, yeah, we, sure. we can't compare all these guys. They're not at the same age. They didn't have the not same just, career yeah. trajectory. I mean, like Animes said, Salah, when he was at Chiesa's age, he was struggling at Fiorentina, but suddenly exactly. he's... Leading, yeah, you know, and that's why Egypt. I mean, it's right now from where Kiesa is now, I see him easily being with those guys outside of like Mbappe and yeah, Vinicius. I think is, like, I think is still gonna climb, but we will see. We'll see now. Starting to think we loaned out the wrong youngster in Rovella. Rovella and Fajoli should have been kept. Medetti is too good for the Primavera, but I don't think he's truly ready for this level yet. So we spoke a bit about these youngsters and whatnot. And um, now, you know, we had this thought earlier on. And the reason wasn't because of Medetti, but the reason was because you brought Paredes in, who ultimately wasn't panning out and is on a high salary and we pushed away Rovella and we thought, well, for the future, especially if you do truly see Rovella being part of it, it would have been more beneficial to keep him around. So let's just change the question slightly to, do you still stand behind? We should have kept uh, Rovella and whatnot. Um, Do you think we kind of missed out there? Do you more so, if you agreed with that point earlier, think that that's the case still, that Rovella should have been kept at Juve? Hindsight's 2020 here. I think if you go to the beginning of the season, Meretti obviously was doing better than he is now. I think there, there, there was the argument that he was, you know, he deserved to stay. But uh, if you look at it now, I definitely would have loaned him out and kept Rovella 100%. But if you're talking about keeping them all and like never getting Paredes, I'm okay with that too. So yeah, yeah I think Rovella moving out was not the best call. I think Max wanted Paredes in his lineup and we, that clearly hasn't panned out. But yeah, no, 100%. Rovella should have stayed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's just, again, now everybody's saying Midetti should have gone out on that loan when at the start, a lot of us were saying Fajoli's yeah. got the minutes at Cremonese mm-hmm. um, and uh, Rovella had the minutes uh, in Syria. In Syria. You know, and was doing good, was yeah. putting in good performances. So, yeah, Omar, what do you think? I don't think you can hear me properly. No, we can hear yeah, you. we can. Yeah, okay. Uh, I, I was against the Paredes coming, Rovella leaving from the get-go, and I haven't changed my mind. I think he should have stayed. We didn't need Paredes. Uh, but let's not be prisoners of the moment. Like, in August, everyone wanted Miretti to stay because he had a few appearances. Exactly. And uh, this isn't prior. So these decisions are always a bit of a gamble. And you take the gamble and you roll with it. So we rolled with Miretti. And if he has been performing now, even scoring a goal yesterday, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. And so we made the decision. We have to live with it. We didn't uh, sell Rovella. We loaned him. So he is coming back. Paredes is unknown. He is living. So one more year of uh, experience. And we, we will get to see that trio and, uh... probably play for you with. Can we That's slide in a quick question on the follow-up on that? Or do we have to move on out? 
Uh, we've got time for just a couple storm the barns. Okay, so yeah. Quickly, what did you guys think of uh, Paredes uh, yesterday in that line? Thought he was okay. Yeah. Thought he was okay. Fine. Yeah. Neither bad I, nor you know. I have good problem with his sprinting back. Whenever he has yeah. to sprint back, he walks back. Yeah, it's too slow. That's, that's and my biggest, see... and I keep pounding on it. I have a problem with the lobbying for calls, um, especially in the middle of the park. Um, That's what you get for playing for Paris Saint-Germain. I need guys that are strong, that can fight through, and I don't need him hitting the turf on the slightest of contact looking for a call. Leave the forward business to the forwards, and get your head down and work. Um, so that part of his game really bothers me. And to be honest, I'll throw Di Maria into that mix too because he does it in, again, we talked about, and I'm not saying Kies is better than Di Maria. Uh, Di Maria's got a work, uh, you know, a body of work that speaks for itself, especially in big games. I find he tends to go down too often yeah. and too much. And, will literally stop and Paredes does the same thing. Okay, you've gone down, it doesn't work. Get your head down, get back in position, fight and try and get the ball back, which you will see Chiesa do. But Di Maria and Paredes have this thing where they just stop completely and lobby for the call and so whatnot. PSG it drives problem. me nuts. It actually pisses me off. That's why PSG never won a Champions League. That's literally why, because that mentality is just piss poor. Yeah. Now... Storm the Barn. There's more Storm the Barns c coming in. We'll try to get them quick, but yeah. guys, we're running out of time here. Yeah, let's make it, let's make um, it Is there enough space in the squad for Caustic, Ilian Jr., and Chiesa, who all play their best? On no, I don't see it. It's tough. I it do. is tough. I, do. I don't see it. I, How I, do you play and get all of them in? But we're in three no, competitions. Not, not all guys. together, but the competitions. Yeah. And I would like to see more. Of course, they just left back. You would throw there against yeah. Napoli. Mm -hmm. But it takes experience a bit. I don't want to see Sandro there. And Danilo can't always play there. I'm, uh, I no, believe I'm, he can. That's the way I see it. I don't want to see Kostic at left back at all. I'm, I'm kind of like done with... I'm done with trying to turn players into something all the time at Juventus. Yeah. Uh, I'm done. Good I'm point. done with that. Cost it like for the time being, makeshift. You're in a jam injury wise. I get it, but to try and do it all the time and with so many guys, no, no. But is there room for all three of them? Like just rotating or not? Absolutely, absolutely. I think Better there's room have, for all of um, them to rotate. Um, if that was the question, it's, it's a I good issue so. to have. Let's be very honest. You know, like I'd rather have three guys who are dependable at the same position than two because as soon as one goes out and what you're stuck with two for all three competitions and that third like Ealing don't forget he's still a junior we don't need him there we don't need him starting every game he's still a youth yeah. product he's still what 20, 19 20 years old so you know yeah. if we if one of the guys is you know if this is like a Copa game and we don't need to force Costage or Chiesa keep Ealing yeah. there and I have full confidence in him so. all right quick Next. fire quick fire yeah Arash, for 4-3-3, thoughts Illing as left back? I'm going to keep it the same. No. 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 No as a left back. No. Omar, Luca, Luca. No. No. He's not that. I yeah. haven't seen enough of him there. Yeah. The fact, he's, he, he hustles back. He did yesterday, but not a left yeah. back. What do you feel is needed for this Juve to dominate games more consistently? What needs to be done to achieve this? I don't think the play is to the point where we can't dominate or anything. I just like... 
I, I just, I don't, I don't know. I think honestly, we wouldn't even be having this discussion if more of our opportunities were getting buried yeah. to be honest. So literally execution for me, it's execution. Um, you guys, I think it's a managerial issue. Mm -hmm. uh, the way we draw back every time we lose the ball, I want Juve to push uh, higher with the back line and press for stifle, sure. yeah, press. yeah, and stifle that midfield, and then you can control it. When you draw back, you know the other team control it, and that's what I see most games. Yeah, Luca, anything to add? No, you guys hit that on the head. All right, yeah. now um, to, to do, we've got another one. Paredes Loca in double pivots no. with Pogba as Cam. What do you guys think? Yes or no? Uh, I say no. if it's going to be a double I, pivots, I put Rabio there. Yeah, either Rabio or even Fajoli. Paredes can go sit the bench. Sorry. Yeah, I wouldn't start it, but uh, in a rotation, I'm not against Paredes Loca, but I don't. I think I'd rather put uh, Rabio in the double pivot with Loca. It looked good the few times that we did do it. Exactly. So, hey, let's not try and make uh, more work for ourselves. Let's give ourselves a little bit less. One more question with next season around the corner. I think we need a right winger along with others, but what right winger do you see as a perfect fit in our squad? Mm. Oh man. That's I, a tough one. There's... I haven't gone over. I haven't even looked at oh, options. We've only a few good when ones. It, yeah. When we, we haven't heard enough names of yeah. possibilities or anything. Um, Omar tackles the news really good for us. Omar, what's out there for the winger situation? There, there's just, nothing and uh, the names that are being discussed are mainly midfielders fullbacks and center backs like the attack is sort of settled with all the youngsters the it seems like they're banking on them more than actually looking to sign someone yeah and um, but also depends like if there's a managerial change then a new manager might ask for someone he knows someone he wants uh, either Conte, Zidane whoever comes in uh, but nothing so far. We know that Di Maria is here until the end of the season. I don't think he will extend. Then you'll have Sule, Ealing, Chiesa, and Ake might come back. I will address this. What about the rumor that Allegri wants Saka? We don't <laughs> even know that Allegri is going to be here next season. And if you missed the show yesterday, I feel so confident that he won't be here next season, that I put 10 Henry. kits on the line at the start Henry. of next year. So if Allegri is still our coach next season, because I don't see it happening, I'll give 10 Dude, kits away at the start. They, okay, they signed they signed Nicola Pepe for 80 million. Do you want Saka, though? So, George is changing. Would you course, want Saka? Of, of course. It'll cost about $200 million. Who? Euros. First of all, George, do us all a favor, change that, that picture, man. It's a tad creepy. Like every time I see mm -hmm. it, fucking uh, who what Saka, like an English player in Don't mind Italy. it. Don't be scared, Luca. Not Grow scared, up. Just no. fucking creepy. Grow up. Saka Saka is a phenomenal player. He's England's jewel. Uh, he plays for the national team. He's going to win the championship with Arsenal. He won't live for less than a hundred million. We can afford the player for maybe a third of that. So no sucker for you. Last Hard question time. to you two. I'm going to bring up. We put a poll on it just because there were so much discussions about it. Yesterday it was reported by L'Equipe that Zidane mm -hmm. is first option for Juventus. Um, Conte obviously speaks about coming back to Italy because of his family and whatnot. If it were between just the two, 
who do you choose and why? We put it to a poll. Do you know what the poll was? Zidane at like 85%. I agreed with it, even though I have concerns about Zidane and he may not necessarily be the guy for us right now. But for me, it's just all about stop trying to recreate the past and do something fresh and new. What do you guys think real quick exactly as we wrap things up? I was going to say, and I'm going to counter it right away. We know we thought we knew what we were getting with Allegri, and that's what everyone thinks we're going to get again with Conte. Because of that, that that already that I've I, I've bet, like we're going backwards, like Al said, and I had no faith in like I have no faith now that Conte could do what he used to do because clearly Max has proven that. I just want something new. I know there's more risk with Zizou, that's a given, but the, at least it's fresh. It's something new, and it. it you know, it's 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 not trying to go back in time. It's that that mentality is done with. It hasn't worked. Move on. Yeah, Omar, quick. Yeah, yeah. I'll just say, Conte. We know what we're getting, but curiosity has always been man's um, worst and best trait. I am curious to see how Juve would look with Zidane. I know how they'd look with Conte, but curiosity wins here, so I'm Zidane in. There you go. There you go, everybody. Great show. My God, we had a lot to talk about. I knew we were going to have a lot to talk about. Um, we got her done. Went Super League. Went well into <laughs> overtime. <laughs> yeah, okay. Another topic. <laughs> so went well into overtime. Live chat, as always. You guys are fantastic. Um, thank you for all the support, everybody. We try and repay it. We try and take uh, requests and bring you guys what you want for content. Okay, so here it is. Um, you guys, uh, I had a big announcement. I'm going to drop it. Okay, like the video. Get subscribe ready. to the channel. But like it. you guys, we've put out, you know, periodically, who do you want to see on the show and whatnot? Who do you want us to bring in and everything? And this guy has always been up there at the top. He is a busy, busy guy, to say Probably the least. And number is, one. Number oh, yeah. one when it comes to Juve. When it comes to Juve, he's right there at the top because of his body of work and how long he's been doing it all right and you guys heavily requested finally finally yes, we I'm are sure. able to bring you a live show next friday with romeo agresti joining us okay so romeo agresti will be coming in live that is going to be your opportunity Michael, to Michael. literally fire all questions, oh, man. ADP. Michael, that would have been LA. That would have been um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's, he called it's us, very, but, very difficult. Yeah, but we told them we have a match day live. There's no we were too time. Too busy that day. Yeah. I'm still working on the '97 uh, era player, though. By the way, okay. But Romeo Gresti will be joining us. This is going to be all of your opportunities to get all your questions in, not only related to uh, Mercado but um, just available to you to ask just about Juve in general, maybe paint a little bit more picture about the board and what truly went down and everything, how he actually feels. Nobody ever actually asks him, how do you feel about the state of Juve and what's going on? So it's going to be really, really cool to uh, sit down with him, chat, and you guys be able to have that direct access for him. Okay. So, um, next Friday, make sure you're all here for that one. Let's uh, bring them in and welcome to the channel in uh, great form and uh, have as much 
support and viewership as we can. All right. We're going to put the post out on all our social feeds soon. You guys can share it, um, comment on it. Let's get it uh, hyped up and welcome uh, Romeo Gresti and show him what the AJC Army is all about. All right. Now, everybody, again, thank you very much. We've got a victory uh, that we covered and everything. Let's take a few days, recover. I'll keep you in touch with the news on daily update videos. And then Sunday, Atalanta. All right. Now, and there you go, guys. Let's say AJC. AJC the best. Let's go. Let's go. Spread the word, okay? Sharing is caring. Let's go. Yeah. You guys are the best. Luca, Omar, thank you very much. As always, have a great, great weekend, gents. everyone. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you all on the weekend. As always, Forza Juve, fino alla fine. Ciao a tutti.